We're going to talk about the presence of the Lord. Psalm 1611 has a beautiful uh, sentiment that uh, King David laid hold of at the very last verse of the psalm. Read it aloud with me. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Let's say it again. In your presence there is fullness of joy. One more time. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Think about your relationship with God for a moment and could you or would you say that your greatest moments of spiritual impact would be associated with being in the presence of the Lord? Would that be true? Would you say that your moments of uh, spiritual insight happen in the presence of the Lord? Where are you today concerning your relative hunger or thirst for the presence of God? Is being in God's presence important to you? What do you do to be in the presence of God? What are the benefits of being in the presence of God? Are there levels of love and power revealed to us in His presence that impact us when we encounter Him? Would you say yes? It's true. So let me go ahead and say to you today, the ultimate purpose of our lives and eternity is to be with Him, to live in His presence, before Him, enjoying Him and the depths of His love and kindness. Notice Ephesians 2 verse 7. So that in the coming ages, He, Father God, might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Whisper to somebody, heaven's not going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. Now listen to this. Because of this this focus on, on His love and His kindness and all these things, I want you to just notice here. It says, therefore, everyone say, look, the mission of the church, the body of Christ, while here on earth is to bring people into the fullness of His love and presence through what Jesus has done for us. Have you ever thought of it that way? Here's why. Let me go ahead. I'll get to a verse. Let me read this and then put it up when I get to that part. Because Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says this. For this reason, we, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in, on, in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Why? Here is the reason. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, you don't usually see that as this is our mission. See, what many people, they look at a believer and there's just, there's not a development of these qualities in their life. And so when people see them coming, they want to get out of the way sometimes. It's not, it's not about love. Vile sinners wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. 
Because what? The love, the acceptance, the hope, the sense of, wow, I can be better. Right? And this is right where that verse is now to him who's able to do far more than abundantly. You could ask or think. That's where that comes in. So this is the very goal of uh, eternity revealed right here, which is this fellowship, this active relationship with the Lord himself. This is why we are created. Just tell your heart, you're created for God's presence. You're created for God's love. That's why you're... When you don't get enough of that, you get really weird. You freak out. You get fleshly. You get carnal. Listen, you need more of God's love and presence. Yes. Listen up, heart. While praying to the Father, Jesus actually said that He was in the prayer. John 17, 3, He said, and this is eternal life. This is eternal life. What's eternal life? Jesus saying that they would know You, Father. This is eternal life, that You know the Father. This is eternal life that you would know. It's about knowing Him, Father God. This is eternal life that they would know You, the one true God, and me whom You sent. This is it. It's a relational eternity. Now, Holy Spirit manifests the Father's love that is revealed in and through Christ. That's His role. And so the Garden of Eden in Genesis was designed as a place for fellowship with Adam or with mankind. I'm going to just skip through here real quick, but I want you to notice with uh, in Genesis 3.8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Eden was a place designed for fellowship with mankind, with God. And we have this insight come out after they've fallen because they're hiding in the bushes naked not naked now, they got fig leaves. They were clothed with the glory of God. They didn't know they were naked before because nothing was wrong. But now they made a mistake. They've fallen. Now they're hiding. Beautiful, beautiful insight. Lord God comes walking in the cool of the day. Now watch this. I, I put this up last time. Why don't you see it? Father God planned to have an earthly family to be His eternal family, restored to Him, empowered by Him, representing Him by reigning in life and eternity with and through Him. Now this is so important that I have two slides and I've made them even bigger. You thought. Go to the next one. And I want you each just to read this on your own. I'm going to read it now. Father God would rather have given us free will understanding we may not choose to love Him back than never having us at all. Let that just sink in. People say, why is there evil in the world? Because of free will. But Father God's willing, he's, He's willing to give you free will to have a family to let you choose. Look at the next one. His desire for family and the risk it he took to get us is so important. It's, it's more important than not giving us the opportunity to choose him. His desire for family and the risk he took to get us is more important than not giving us the opportunity to choose him. I read that right? He would rather have you make the choice to give you the ability not to choose than not have the family. 
He wants you and his family so much. He wants the entire world. He wants every soul that none should perish, all be in the family. And he's willing to, he was willing to give free, the risk of free will so that you could say no. But he's going to have his family. Are you going to be in it? And this is what we see in Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Everybody say with. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He got his heart's wish. Father God gets his family, and he's up to this point. Nobody can see him and live. So Jesus came to represent him. The rest of that verse says, He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and the death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So I'm going to take about just, this won't take but a minute really, but I want to talk about a couple of people, end up back on Jesus, and invite the Lord to even do more than He's done already. Does that sound like a plan? Lift your head with me. Okay? Father God, I want to ask for a deepened hunger in every single heart that we have an insatiable thirst for being with you, insatiable, that everything else would just butt out and that we would want you front and center more than anything else. I pray that for each heart here because we know you know us, you know what's best for us, and we desire to have you in our life. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Moses real quick. In the, pres uh, in the presence, Moses was in the presence of God at the burning bush. These are just highlighting some things. He was in the presence of God on the top of Mount Sinai. God gives him the design for a tabernacle to meet uh, with him and to speak with him. And he, so he builds that to the glory of God. When he builds that tabernacle, the glory comes and fills it. So we have this history of Moses loving God and loving his presence. He has a very high value on the presence of God. And so it comes to this point in uh, Exodus 33, and Moses says to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also... Uh, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, and the Lord said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And this is what Moses said. I put it up here. And he said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight and your people? It is, is it not in your going with us? Put up the next slide. I want to say this. Look at this. Just look at this. Moses valued the presence of God more than the blessings of God. Can we let that register? Can we let that register? Now, there's a concept. I put it in a song. I heard it before. You know, behold your face. I want to look beyond your hand and behold your face. 
Now, in the Bible, often the word presence is also defined as face. To be in the face, to be in the presence, to be in the countenance, the territory of somebody, to be in their presence. Have you been one that's always crying out for blessing? I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. And how about let's, let's shift and go, I need you, I just want you, I just want you, I just want you. Let's see, is this good? So that's Moses. Well, let's look at David. David knew the, the uh, presence of God very well. Uh, the first slide I have up here says, I found David, this is the Lord talking, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all of my will. And David valued the presence of God so deeply, so valuable, so much, that he wrote his own, when he wrote his own epitaph, it was 2 Samuel 23, verse 1. Now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse. The oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. David's own mind was, I'm the guy that plays the harp It loves God out loud. I write songs about him. I can't get enough of him. This is who he is. Yeah, I was raised up, but really, what it's all about? What it's really all about? I couldn't do anything if he didn't do it. The favor, if the favor wasn't there, I couldn't do it. If the joy of his presence wasn't there, I wouldn't have joy. There's nothing that I would have if I didn't. He was, the first, he was like a spirit-filled believer in the Old Testament. In worship and battle and life, David depended upon the presence of God. Let's praise him just for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Just declare your dependence on the Lord. Just declare your dependence on him. Say, I depend on you, Lord. I need you for life. Praise you, Jesus. Now look up here, Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. This is just a little th thumbnail print of, of the attitude that David has in most every psalm. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now, here's what I want to say. Okay, I started off a little bit ago, and I said in Genesis. In Genesis, there's a garden. In this garden, there was this fellowship with God. It's, the, it's kind of like the... This is a meta-narrative, okay? A meta-narrative is this is an overarching narrative in the whole Bible. It's about being in His presence. It's always about being in His presence. It's about Him having someone that He can relate to and enjoy being in His family and then do stuff in His authority and name. That's what it's about, okay? And He starts with the garden. And guess what? He ends up having it in heaven, in eternity. He gets it. He gets it. But all through the Bible, we, we, we look at each person along the way. Look, even Abraham said, I was looking for not really this promised land, but this place that he had made, and it's not here. Every, every heart knows this is not the end game. This is not the end game here. That we're made for something so much further than this. That's what, that's what Moses said. I, if if your, pre, your presence is what it is, if, if I end up over here in this land and you're not there, I don't even want to go. David, same thing. Without your presence, I'm toast. It's over. It's over before we start. I'm trying to throw out craving feelings, you know, craving thoughts. How much do you hunger for God? How much do you want Him? Is He more important than everything else? See, 
And that's a meta-narrative. That's a theme. That's a, that's a truth. That's a reality. Because we're made for Him. He made us for Him. And when we go along in our life and He's not in there, like we talked about earlier during the worship, just rocking that thing and topping off the, the gas tank, the, the, getting all, just enjoying His presence. What are the things that you do to enjoy His presence? What are the things that you do? We're being exhorted. Let's pray in the Spirit more. Pray in the Spirit more. Turn on, crank up. I have a, a, you know, a CD in my car. It's instrumental. I, I, every day I turn it up and I just crank it up and I just pray in the Spirit. Like, you know, just go for it. Paul the Apostle said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And then one day I went, oh yeah, we'll see. You know, took it as a... Been on the planet now probably longer than him, so probably have prayed more. So it's this, and, and there's another great gigantic theme, and it's this, that there was a place to dwell with God in Eden. There was a place uh, to dwell with the tabernacle. There was a place to dwell with the temple was created with David later. By it. He funded it when Solomon built it. Then there's this whole idea when Jesus shows up on the scene, he comes and the, the term is when he came to dwell among us, the term there is tabernacle. He came to be a he tabernacle with us. The presence of God would come again. This time, God would come down in person and, hit, and it would be this. Matthew 1, uh, 23 Behold, the, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, God's here in person, and he's come down to be with us. Now, he's here. Now, see, we've never been in the presence of the personal Jesus, but we've been in the presence of the personal Holy Spirit, who reveals, by, gives us revelation of who Jesus is and who Father is. And so we relish and just open up to the, the way he leads us. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to receive what he says. I want to throw one other person out there. I didn't put him in the notes, but this is so funny. Jonah was told by the Lord. Everybody say told. He was told by the Lord. I want you to go to Nineveh, right? And what the Bible says in uh, Jonah 1.3, it says, he fled from the presence of the Lord. He fled from the presence of the Lord. You know what that means? It's implying this. The presence of the Lord is where you hear God. And he was running away from having heard. He wanted to get out of the presence of God because he didn't want to do that. Everybody say, the presence of God is where you hear the best. Is that true? So you hear. Your heart's filled up. You're full. There's a, there's a relational aspect to this. I just want to stand here and worship a half an hour more. So Jesus comes. Now I want to get into this and then we'll, yeah, well, here we go. Luke 5, 17. And I want to just point out one quick thing and then we're going to go to kind of the close here. Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day he was teaching and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out from every, every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The reason I put this up here is because that's the heart and will and goal of God. He wants us, the living church, to host His presence so He can go and heal whoever He wants to anytime. So are we hungry? That's the point. Okay, now, now we're going to focus on Jesus just for a minute. Isaiah 53, 4, the first part says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So in John 11, we see um, Jesus is actually responding to this whole 
thing of uh, Lazarus having died. And Jesus shows up. I'm just going to cut right to the little quick here. When Jesus saw her, it was Martha, I believe, and Mary weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit. Now, and greatly troubled. This deeply moved is actually like groaning in the spirit. It's actually to snort in anger. I looked up all these words. It's like, <clears throat> he's greatly troubled. <clears throat> I'm thinking he's entering into this commiserating moment with them and mourning with them. And actually it's a little bit different. Than he's mad at death. He's upset with, see, all their life, everybody, all our lifetime, the devil has used death to intimidate people. And Jesus is about to raise somebody from the dead, and he's ticked. Because people are always crying over the losses that death brings. And Jesus came to bring the solution that you'll have life in me and not death. I am the resurrection, and I am the life, he says. And he's mad right now. He's mm. And this, does he cry? Yeah, he cries. He enters into the pathos and the ethos. Of the, he's, uh, he's upset with them, but he's, he's now, he's ticked. He's indignant. It's where'd you put him? And they went to where he put him, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he, Lazarus, come. Thank God he said Lazarus, so the whole graveyard will come out. Hey, we're all here. That's how power, full of power. So Jesus was moved with that. He was agitated with that. He shed his tears. He was confronting death. That's why Jesus came. He came in the same flesh and blood that we have that he might destroy the one who had the power of death. And now I'm going to go to this verse we looked at a little while ago. Watch this now. This is what the Lord... When I heard with a loud voice, I heard with a loud voice saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And he will dwell with them. We looked at this a minute ago. Now, now I just want you to keep focus on this. Focus on this. And uh, he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Now, look at the next verse. Verse 4. The very first thing, the very first order of business of Father God. The very first thing He does when He makes Himself known in eternity is He starts wiping away your tears. Father God, Almighty God, first order of business in heaven your tears I'm going to wipe your tears away because I sent Jesus and guess what there is no more death so I'm going to wipe the tears out of your eyes for everything that death did to you everything that the losses of death did to you because we're removing the tears of hurt that death caused. And there's not going to be any more mourning. Mourning and crying, I thought they were the same. Crying is louder. How many of you had times that just cry because the losses 
in the anguish, in the pains of life. And Daddy God's first order of business is, come here, honey. I've defeated death for you. And you're not going to have any more pain anymore. And I'm going to wipe away the tears from your eyes as Father God. Now, this is what the Lord showed me. He says, I can't wait to start doing this. I can't wait for you just to do it when you get in heaven. That's why every time my presence is manifest, I start wiping tears. Every time my presence comes, I say, the losses you've incurred, I'm going to start wiping those tears before you get to heaven. I'm going to release the, the ache from your soul. The pain is not going to be there when you're in my presence. I'm going to, to go ahead and cleanse that hurt out. I'm going to take away, I'm going to put oil in your soul for the oil of joy. And you're in the morning is going to cease and you're going to laugh. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, fall on every single heart here. Every single one. The unshed tears of the losses of pain, I ask. Holy Spirit, come. Come. Holy Spirit, bring the Kleenex to the saints. Bring the tissue. Let the hurts go. Because the presence of the Lord, the presence of Father God, the presence of Jesus Christ, who was moved with compassion because He saw the harassed and helpless people like sheep without a shepherd, the heart of Father God, the moment He appears as Father God, gets out the tissues and goes to His children. He says, we're going to take care of all that now. And then He starts to descend into the sanctuary where He's worshipped. And He says, I'm going to bring heaven to earth. I'm going to allow my presence to just start healing you now. And I'll take away the hurt, the anguish, the loss. The Bible's really super clear on this. It says, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. But in every way he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. He went through the griefs that you can't even imagine. He bore all your griefs upon himself. He partners with your heart. You can let it go. I'm giving you permission. You're not convinced, most of us aren't, that the love of God is this good. There you go. Let Him have it. Let Him come and wipe your tears away. To wipe them away, they got to come out. Let it go. 
You see, you're on his heart today. Father God loves you. He's no earthly dad. He's the dad. He says, I made your heart to be in my presence so I could cherish you and love you and care for you. And you've been holding it up for a long time. The Lord says, we're going to live different now. Take some big breaths. Let out that other stuff and let that love in. Let's go ahead and praise Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are a few of you that the devil has tried to push in a certain direction. And the nature of the push has created a sense of isolation and stress. And you've extended, the Lord says, that's loss. That's loss. And he wants you to open up to receive your healing moment. Because you're no longer alone right now. You're no longer alone right now. You're no longer alone. No matter which way the devil has pushed on you and tried to suffocate you or take away the love of Jesus and his deep love for you, because he's an accuser of the brethren, he's very convincing when it comes to getting your heart to go through starvation. When you, you put more of the effort of trying to solve life on your soul instead of giving it to Father God. How many of you are just going to need to release more and more to Him? Let's go ahead and do it right now. If I live, I give it over. I give it over. It's so important to let the tear out so He can wipe it away. He needs you to express your heart to Him so that he can knit it to his and fill you with himself, fill you with the fullness of his love. There are some of you that have had some bumps and bruises like skinning a knee or something like that. Just some things. Some moments of pain where you gasped. He just kind of um, bucked up and kept going. But you caught Father God's eye. He saw the hurt. He saw the scrape. He cherishes you. And he'll bring healing to a moment of physical discomfort, emotional discomfort, spiritual sense of lostness. He just comes. And when you realize you're loved, it's okay to be a human again. It's okay to be a human again. So in the name of Jesus, I break the curse that says, boys don't cry. You're a liar. Men of God weep their guts out in the presence of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's let him lighten the load. Praise you. Let's go ahead and praise him. Praise you, Jesus. 
Praise you, Jesus. Let's all take a moment and stand together. Those who are going to do additional uh, offer prayer. Yeah, baby, what you want? As you're standing, it's been a wonderful morning, but before we dismiss, I just was sitting and I felt like the Holy Spirit said there are some of my precious ones where uh, the past 18 months there was a death grip of fear that came upon you. And though in your natural mind and emotions you knew it was ridiculous to be that afraid. But it's almost like when it came and through all the news and the everything, every, you went, you know what I mean? Inside. Maybe didn't even do that physical thing I just did. But, beloved, that's what happens when you just over and over and over and over fear pushes against you. It locks you down into this place of death. Not physical death like real physical death, like dying. But you might as well be. Do I have anybody saying, yeah, I've felt like that before. Like, I just... Life isn't worth living anymore. It's all changed. It, it, everything feels different. It's not... It's not the same. What happened? What happened is our beloved is coming to show you that life is worth living and living more abundantly, even in the midst of chaos, change, I don't get it, confusion, fear, all those things. Beloved, will you let the Father's presence love you and take you into your future, which is full of hope? We have eternity is our hope, not this planet we live on, but eternity. So yeah, we got to get around here for a little while until we go to be with our wonderful Lord forever. But let's live it in victory. Amen? So some of you need to walk out of, I felt such an anointing on you saying, Lazarus, come forth. Some of you are still wrapped in some mentality, in the grave clothes of hopelessness, of fear, myself included. Things, so many things changed and shifted and, and pressed up against us. Let's make some decisions together, whether it's today, because this ain't going away, the beautiful presence of the Lord. Whether you today you're getting any of this, or maybe it's just me having a moment here. But the point is, let's walk out of this thing together, amen, in victory. So that we can be a testimony of, yeah, yeah, I was there too, but let me tell you about the goodness of God and come with me. Let's walk out of this in the name of Jesus. Come forth.
come forth. Living in grave clothes in a tomb is not your destiny. In the name of Jesus. Now that's your choice because the Lord has said, come forth. Now, you got to make a decision whether you're going to walk out. So I believe the power of Jesus is in our midst and those days are coming where we're going to walk out of a lot of things together. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you need further prayer, please come down. We have a couple of people to pray with you. And let's rejoice and, and be together in fellowship on the other side of the church. Please go in Jesus' name and in, let's enjoy ourselves.